Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's time to break the silence. Greetings, good evening, how the hell are you? Welcome, and welcome back to Beyond Ringside Live. From the beer hog in beautiful Pelham, Alabama. I know a lot of people around here have heard that statement earlier today before everything decided to go crash, boom, bang. This time, it seems to be working. From the beer hog in Pelham, I am the Magic City Motormouth Fast Eddie Lane. Try and take two. Welcoming in from the Peach State and Pro Wrestling Live, Shane Knowles. Take two. Welcoming in courtesy of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio, Stan Grubb. What's up? Well, well, well. Look what the cat dragged in. Thank you, Brett Michaels. <laughs> Thank you to everybody catching us through the Beyond Ringside Radio Network and, of course, on the replay side of life as well. Um, it's been a while, kids. And I will be brutally honest, I accept full responsibility. Um, chaos on my side of the board, everything from professional issues to personal issues. I have more issues than the library has books. But every once in a while, Something seems to work out, and I'm thankful for that. Glad we're able to get things back on track. Uh, the Beer Hog actually has given us a home for as long as we would like it. Y'all make it over here. I'm buying the pizza. Yon, yon for the beer. <laughs> I am actually trying one called Dragon's Milk, and it is really good. 11.5% alcohol by volume. It is a nice, quiet little stout, and it's smooth. Remarkably, that's one thing I've loved about this entire situation being at places like the Beer Hog and um, over at Steel Gastropub on Tuesdays. Also, hello to my good friends up at Mad Pies in uh, Fultondale. Uh, but Beer Hog and um, Steel, both 30 down at Steel and 64 craft beers on draft down here at the Beer Hog. Gotta love it. Shane, what the hell's been going on with you, man? Well, I'm currently checking out at Walmart right this moment. You want to go to really? Sam first? You are in the evil empire. Will you survive? We don't know yet. <laughs> we'll get the more detailed instructions in a couple of seconds. Stan Grubb, what's been going on, dude? I've uh, been broadcasting live from c2cradioshow.com. <clears throat> um, kind of alternates from Monday or Tuesdays. You never know. But at the same time, just uh, been... Finishing up some schooling, finishing up, uh, gosh, since, since we last spoke, I guess there's been a lot going on. <laughs> and in the world of wrestling and in entertainment and all of the above, it's been a lot going on. Uh, of course, since the last time we convened in various forms, uh, soon to be rejoined by, of course, uh, the voice Ted Guinness, as well as Sweet Daddy uh, Greg Troxel in the upcoming weeks. Kind of a rotating circumstance, but like I said, y'all make it down here. I'm buying the pizza. It's that damn simple. Um, let's go and tackle the 800-pound gorilla, so to speak, which is actually about a month old now. But it's having lasting ramifications. And, of course, that would be the retirement <clears throat> of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Stan, I'll go to you first. When that, when that story broke, what was the first thing you thought? 
Um, I can't believe it took them this long was the first thought. Um, the second thought I had was how soon does he get investigated criminally? Mm. And then the third thought I had was this better not be a storyline or I'm going to be pissed. Same here. Shane, what, what say you, my friend? When I first heard this news. Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, uh, it was O with a uh, one of the words that is banned on Beyond Ringside, a little four-letter word, kid. That was my first thought. And the reason why, much like Stan, I thought for a brief second, this better not be a storyline because this is a guy who blew himself up in a limo. You know, uh, but my first thought was, oh, no. And then I started thinking ramifications. I was like, this isn't the 1990s. This is a publicly owned company. This probably isn't going to end well. You know, um, a lot of people who have me on social media said first word that just popped in my head was, damn. (laughs) And that word can be construed in any number of different ways, including Damn. Almost like a Fast Times at Ridgemont High reference. But I also got to throw this one out there. Now, we are a few weeks into uh, Mr. Levesque taking over creative. And you can definitely see the fingerprints in more ways than one. Uh, of course, everybody went absolutely eight when eight bleak, if you will. Uh, the return of Scarlet and Carrion Cross. And, of course, this past Friday, the return of Hit Row. I, when I first heard, I was not able to catch the broadcast as it occurred. I'm watching social media a little bit later in the night. It's like, oh, crap. (laughs) This is going to get good. Even though it's only three, it's three out of the four, but I'm okay with that. I like the premise. I like the execution. It seemed like something was a little bit different and a little bit off. But by the same token, I said that about Carrion and Scarlet. Um, Scarlet looked like she was coming out of the Bride of Frankenstein movie, um, especially with the Electra hairstyle. And, of course, last time we saw Carry On, as Carry On, um, not just overhead, but Carry On, luggage reference, he, of course, did not have a head of hair. And this time, he did. So, lo and behold, I'll go ahead and make it a vague general blanket reference. So far in the Triple H, Triple H and Steph run, <laughs> the authority is in control. Um, noticing I have not seen that many people say that scary because that was low-hanging fruit if there ever was um shane i'll go to you first in the first couple of weeks of triple h and step running things right now and nick Khan, of course would he get mad and cut me loose if i did not say that even though he doesn't pay me a damn dime um in these first few weeks what's been really standing out to you SummerSlam and all raw smackdown you take your pick one of the main things that stands out to me is Vince McMahon is not in control of his social media on Twitter. I think we know that. I've heard Cornette, Jim Ross say, people say he has AIDS. I don't want to say it like that. He has AIDS. He has personal assistants that uh, do this kind of stuff for him. Well, I realize how that came out. What I'm getting to is Paul Levesque is in charge of his own social media. The tweets you see are from him. And what I'm saying Some people may say, oh, the WWE hasn't been the same since 1984, 91, whatever you want to take your pick personally. But I think growing uh, swelling of, you know, resentment over the last nine to 10 years, I would say, is when the majority of complaints and grievances truly begin. What I'm saying, Paul Levesque running his own Twitter 
has certainly seen the amount of complaints, grievances, issues with wrestling fans. And I've always said wrestling fans, not sports entertainment. That's another thing. Because just in this short term, what has been adjusted on the program is stuff that the IWC, or you know what, not even people in IWC, just the regular guy at work that tells you wrestling ain't what it used to be. And here's some of the reasons why. And that's what stood out to me, that opening Raw, where we didn't have a 20-minute talk segment. We opened up with Logan Paul and The Miz involved in a brawl right off the bat. That first SmackDown, the day Vince stepped down, my goodness, we opened SmackDown with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus in a 25-minute hard-hitting affair for the number one mm-hmm. contendership. You mentioned the cliffhangers of the returning carrying cross, but I think this is something that pleases my heart. We're hearing the word pro wrestler. We're hearing wrestling. Drew McIntyre said he has a title shot. All words have been banned for the last nine, ten years, right in there. And, uh, you know, I just wonder how Vince feels about that, because if he does still have family dinner with Stephanie and Paul, some of the stuff in the short term, the stuff that he is very adamant about should not be uttered on WWE television, should not be referred to in any way, shape, or form. And would damn near have a coronary if it were. <laughs> so now that that has been put in place, um, and look, I'm not one of those. I don't think I have to say it, but I'm going to for our listening audience. I don't think Triple H is going to magically turn this company around in one month. But um, I think he is going to catch some of the disinterested fans of that last decade. And I think it's going to be kind of a begr- I mean, you see some of the ratings coming in. There's some people out of curiosity that felt like they had no hope. They have some hope now, and that's fun to see. And uh, we'll get into this long-winded. i tell you what, AEW had a really good chance to take the so-called wrestling war by the balls. They couldn't do it when WWE was probably at its lowest. They, you know, I know it's all about contracts. Rowan's saying, I think AEW's in trouble now for all those. They're going to take away WWE. Forget about it. Stan Grubb, your thoughts? You know, it's it's evident with Triple H at the helm that the not-so-subtle changes, although it did start kind of subtle, um, have really broadened the audience. Uh, let's, let's take a look at the financial aspect first, though. Stock prices, once the announcement that Vince McMahon was retiring, um, had dropped down to under, I want to say under $50 a share. Triple H takes over at the helm one Monday. One Monday. Stock trading over $70 a share. If that doesn't echo a sentiment of confidence in the marketplace, I don't know what does. When you come in, much like Shane said, and you start the show off with a hot angle of of two guys that are very popular, brawling in the middle of Madison Square Garden, rather than a promo that makes no sense, that comes out with bullet points that, you can tell weren't written in this person's voice. Um, there's a glaring change. Go to SummerSlam where, you know, Triple H is still closing out at that point the final pieces of Vince McMahon's chapters. He comes up with the ending. He brings in a couple things to spice it up. And then the next thing you know, we've got the return of Bailey, which had been rumored for months up to that point. And the very 
interesting return of Dakota Kai and a changing of the name, which was, meh, I mean, some people like it, some people don't, of Io Shirai to Io Sky in a faction that now people are looking at as the most exciting piece of the women's division for WWE. To Shane's point, AEW making statements basically about whether or not they're competition. I think what we have to realize is that the marketplace size for professional wrestling on television is down to about 3,000 total, maybe two and a half. No, not 3,000, 3 million. So now down to about two and a half. And if AEW is drawing 900,000 to a million, that's half the market share. And that's about right. That's about what we really should be looking at. Um, but Triple H making the changes that he has, very positive. And I think Tony Khan has a very, very realistic approach when he says, hey, look, there's good wrestling going on in a lot of places. And it just means we have to continue to do what we're doing. That's his most recent comment that he made through a podcast interview. Um, and I feel like he has a grip on what the fans want, and so does Triple H. So <laughs> let's do it. Let's see what happens next. Yeah, Tony Khan. I, okay, look, I respect what Tony has been able to do in three years with all elite wrestling. But there's my fifth favorite word. <laughs> there are times when Tony still comes across on social media and in other formats as a petulant child. And for the aired version, a petulant child. Um, the day Vince announced the retirement, he comes back and says, thank you for everybody making me the longest tenure general manager or CEO in history. It's like, really, dude? That's all you got? Uh, he's not. Come on. That's that's Tony Khan saying, how do I get people talking? Hell, we don't even know if Tony tweeted that himself. Oh, so in other words, he has AIDS. Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Shane. <laughs> Wait a moment. <laughs> that, wait, that's uh, the thoughts and opinions. Of <laughs> <laughs> he has assistants who have their hands on things. I mean, uh, yeah, that's it. They got a handle on things. Hey, look, it's not the coked up Tony Khan that we saw when he was sticking up for CM Punk. We'll put it that way. Or hugging everybody. I don't care about the hugging. Come on. He's a hugger. He likes hugging his people. They like him back. You have it, the, the negativity that people are trying to perpetuate out there is Thank all you. made up. It's false. It, it, that's the problem. Like, no one has actual facts, and no one can show actual proof, just like with the uh, Ring of Honor acquisition. Suddenly, everybody's masters at trademark law. Well, you don't have to be a rocket science, scientist to go to the United States trademark website and look it up and see that, hey, guess what? ROH, ROH Wrestling, and Ring of Honor are all owned by, yeah, that's right, the guy down in Jacksonville. Not Sinclair. Now, the right. previous or original applicant still shows, but the current listed owner is Tony Khan and, and his father, Shad Khan. So, uh, no, no, that doesn't, that uh, dog don't hunt. Well, see, I was okay with the concept of Tony purchasing Ring of Honor. Anything that they can do to keep that name out there and relevant. And away from Vince. <clears throat> <laughs> Come on, Vince would have buried Ring of Honor so fast. Only because Hunter built it up and, raid, and raided the talent. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, look, you had Vince who was playing uh, playing Bischoff on one side. You had uh, Triple H who was playing Bischoff on the other. One was trying to bury it. The other was raiding it. So it's like yep. kind of like the old ECW days. Vince was trying to prop ECW up so it can try to make some money. And 
Eric Bischoff, I still remember that one night, that one Monday night when you had Vince, Eric, and Hall all in one ring at the same time leading up toward one night stand. Yeah. Moments, see, a moment like that, I don't think would ever happen again. And if it does, I don't think it would have the same pertinent bearing to fans as that moment did. I mean, if, okay, if Triple H and Tony Khan were to do a selfie together tomorrow morning in an airport, how extensive do you think the meltdown in the IWC would be? Stan, I'll go to you first. I think your diehards on both sides of the fence will have heart attacks. But I think we are closer to that actually taking place than we realize. And if there are two people that could come together for a super card event, uh, it would be Tony Khan and Triple H. Shane? Um, much to echo Stan's sentiments, I think we could actually be closer to that. And if you remember the Super Clash uh, back in the day when AWA worked together with World Class, we certainly saw some things like that in the 80s, 90s. But a lot of times that was when promotions were dying or near death and they felt hamstrung to try and do something like that. I don't think it would have the shock factor of Vince and Bischoff doing this in, say, in 1998 when Eric Bischoff has made the comment, I'm going to put him out of business. Uh, neither Tony Khan or Paul Levesque is looking to do that in this present day and age. You know, I don't know Triple H personally. I've seen him in person one time, so I'm not speaking for him. But going to Stan's point here, I tell you what, man, it may not be next year. It'll be two years. It could never happen. I'm just fantasy booking here. If you did an AEW WWE super show, it doesn't have to be an invasion type angle. You pop that for a WrestleMania, that's big time. I agree. Very much agree. I think with um, what we're looking at with that, though, it's more about what's going to make business sense. A lot of people have attacked AEW because of, you know, in three years, they've not, quote unquote, grown their audience. But that's a false claim. What that is, is that's somebody that's looking at, hey, Nielsen drives television. But that's not yeah. the case anymore. Nielsen hasn't driven television since 2008. <clears throat> what happened in 2008? The answer is streaming. So right. if you start talking about streaming and streaming capability, now the Nielsen measurement is losing its bearings. Now you've got to start factoring in, okay, who T-voted? Who DVR'd it? DVR'd it, the plus three, plus five, yeah. Right. Now you've got to start factoring in, okay, who's watching it illegally? <laughs> what do we know? We know that there are people that can't afford cable. There's also people that can afford internet but can't afford to buy every pay-per-view. But what we've also seen statistics-wise, thanks to the wonderful people like WrestleNomics and Brandon Thurston, right. we've also seen growth in pay-per-view revenue. Now, the pay-per-view market is almost becoming cliche or passe, depending on how you look at it. And uh, yet, Tony Khan, Tony Khan is drawing pretty sizable numbers. Thank so, you. So, no, he's not Vince McMahon. Okay, I'm fine with that. And he doesn't have to be. We don't have to have AEW become WCW of old. And I'm okay with that. As a matter of fact, I think I kind of prefer that. Because I don't want Nitro back. I don't want the in inefficient practice of business that Eric Bischoff seems to think is going to keep him in the record books. Can I, I want to Nitro see Wills back? Uh, yes, please. Yay. Yes, please. Um, I want to see what AEW does and how they continue to flesh this out. 
It's been three years. A three-year-old child can only be credited for learning how to talk, walk, and poop, sometimes on a potty. You can't give AEW <laughs> one set of goalposts, one set of measurements, and then WWE another. And then when AEW achieves that measurement, say, nope, let's move it over yeah. because they're not there yet. No, they're there, and they are real. Okay, do me a favor. I'm going to take us to a quick break. Reload on the beer. Plus, when we come back, for those who follow Stan and, well, actually, I'll say Stan on social media, he laid out a question that I'm going to have a lead in for that question that's going to get quite a few of you thinking. Before we do that, I want to go ahead and do this one real quick. Shane, I understand that you just came out or you're getting ready to go back in league trivia play, right? Uh, we just wrapped up summer league play this past Thursday. Yeah, fall league will begin uh, September the 8th. Give everybody the lowdown on that real quick as we go to break. What we just did or what's coming up? What's coming up? Uh, fall league, we did a spring league and a summer league at Back 40 Brewing Company in Gaston, Alabama. Now, normally trivia for a decade has been just you show up with a team, you know, friends, coworkers, family, whatnot. You play the top three teams uh, with their scores, would win gift cards or some sort of cash prize or maybe something else. For that evening, league play has been 10 designated weeks where we still award prizes nightly, weekly for those first, second, third. But we're keeping points up cumulatively, as in like uh, tennis, golf, basketball, any sport here with a scoreboard. And then there's big prizes for at the end, uh, the first, second and third. And spring league went really well. Summer league kind of exploded. And I'm really looking forward to seeing because fall league, I think we're going to hit that perfect window. Uh, on Thursdays, Thursday, September 8th, right after Labor Day, concluding Thursday, November 10th, a week before, or excuse me, two weeks before uh, Thanksgiving with all the holiday travel. Where is Back 40, for those who don't know? Uh, Gadsden, Alabama, which is about uh, 30 minutes from the Anderson-Oxford area, about 45 minutes from Birmingham. Uh, you know, Eddie was putting over uh, the beers where he's at, I can't say back 40. He's got some tremendous stuff. The Bama Mosa, the Naked Pig, the uh, Truck Stop Honey, the Devil's Staircase. These are all available to look at online if you like. A lot of crisp. Uh, I, I really enjoyed one called the uh, uh, the Lemon Blue. It is a blueberry <laughs> mosa with a hint of lemon, and that has been tremendous for these summer evenings. That sounds good. Folks, tell you what, we're going to head to a quick break. Hang tight. The music bed was trying to play right there and for some reason just decided to fritz out all on its own. You are listening to Beyond Ringside Live. This is the Beyond Ringside Radio Network. On a beautiful Sunday night. It really is, too. Live from the Beer Hog in Pelham, Alabama. Welcome back into Beyond Ringside Live on the Sunday night edition. Fast Honey Lane over here. Shane Knowles coming back in. And Stan Grubb coming back in. Speaking of Stan Grubb and Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio, what's going on on that side of the board, sir? You know, we've been trying a lot of uh, different approaches to our streaming. Um, we previously left Spreaker. We were not able to uh, find a way to have the audio set up to a way that made sense. Plus, the cost was just... I'm sorry. You, if you're charging more than, say, five bucks a month for the ability to stream live, then somebody's got a problem. That's my opinion. Um, but we've been able to cover a lot of ground. We, we've seen some growth on the show just from, from really covering a lot of ground in the way of, hey, we acknowledge when 
WWE is the absolute worst. And it wasn't too long ago where we actually shut down coverage of, of WWE for the most part, simply because of how, in all seriousness, I'll, I'll be the person to say it, how disgusted I was with the behavior of Vince McMahon. The inability and ineptness to grow a product, to grow an audience, and to show respect to those that have put him in the position he's in. Um, I got tired of it. Honestly, it was it was one of those things where people that know me know that I grew up with WWF and yep. WWE. That it's difficult for me to identify the good things when it's just glaring with an overbearing sense of no finger on the pulse. And that's what that's what we've been realizing. And so we made some changes. Right, right. That's just you know, when Athena debuted in AEW, you knew something was interesting that was going to come from that because you knew that the <laughs> Talk is Jericho podcast was going to give us something. And it sure did because uh, that's where she acknowledges that she was told, hey, we want you to dress more sexy like like uh, Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose. Um, no. See, that's been my complaint about women's wrestling for as long as I can remember that it was too much about TNA and not enough about what happens inside the 20 by 20. Okay, do me a favor, enunciate that. It's T and, not T N. <laughs> T and A. Okay, sure, Thank fair you. enough. Although total nonstop action, even even at the outset of the knockouts division at first, was caught in that same diva mentality, and then they got out of their own way. So what do you know? I thought you were doing a corner to corner plug. Catch up with it. Catch up with it on C two C Radio Show at C2C Radio Show on the Twitter bot. Um, and, hey, that's where, when you asked how, what's been going on, I had to tell you the whole story. I can't just tell you a part. Okay. No, we'd be here a lot longer well, if you told us everything going on with C2C. Got that right. Before um, we uh, digress into something else, I want to make mention, because we didn't even do it, it's been the less, I don't want to say sexy, but the less intriguing part of this fallout. John Laurinaitis no longer with WWE and his actions were just as shameful, if not more so than Vince McMahon. When you start reading some of the tale of the tape here, but uh, if you want a good laugh, listen to Jim Cornette's podcast this past week where he delivered his send off his eulogy to Johnny Ace who told him you can't use language like that. This is a publicly traded company. You can't say things like that. It's a publicly traded company. He said, well, you never had to worry about me taking something out of my pants and not putting it where it didn't belong, hush, hush, paying people off, because it's a publicly traded company, John Laurinaitis, as, as you now found out. <laughs> oh, we could still have way too much fun with John Laurinaitis imitating Jeffrey Tubin behind closed doors. But! Sorry, kids. I hate to do it, but it, it, that happened. <laughs> you know, and to Stan's point about being disgusted, I was so disgusted when I read the verbiage or the text about the paralegal that was passed from Vince McMahon to John Laurinaitis like a toy. That just made me feel sick in Ickley. And, you know, talking about not covering WWE, my fandom for WWE previous a month ago had been all-time low as someone who'd watched the product since 1984. I had not watched Monday Night Raw this entire year. Not a full episode. I tuned in the Raw after Mania with Cody Rhodes, certain moments here and there, but I no longer set the DVR. I no longer watch. There's a lot of leaks. I didn't even read the recaps and the results. That has changed. I'm one of those that is willing to give 
a chance. But um, I think what I was saying, you know, it won't be an overnight fix. But little things that Triple H can do in a week becomes a month, becomes yep. three months, becomes six months, becomes a year. Just like we were conditioned on other things, we can be conditioned on this as well, and I'm here for the ride. So. Well, I mean, if any and every sports franchise can make the statement that it's a rebuilding year, Nick Saban, only because he didn't win the damn national title. <laughs> but if every sports franchise can say it's a rebuilding year, I think WWE can use that phrase with no problem whatsoever. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They've just had a major change at the top of the food chain, and things take a couple of minutes to start settling into a different groove. I'll be honest, so far, digging the groove. Um, however, let's go ahead and put this in play. At Beyond Ringside on Twitter, I'll be watching, kids. Don't be afraid. Come on. The tribalism that has been transpiring, occurring, and growing in the IWC is the biggest crock of caca I have seen in my life. Just when you think it can't get any nuttier, it does. The fact of the matter stands, you have those who think WWE can do no wrong. They've been lifelong WWE fans. Look, I'm right alongside of Shane maybe about two years earlier, maybe three on the WWF side of life. I came in as well on the Backland era. Tony Gurria, Rick Martel, the, uh, the Wild Samoans, the Moon Dogs, Fuji and Saido in the tag team runs. Um, rankings, you know, you know what I mean. So I'll, I'll, I'll foot and mouth on that one later. But the fact of the matter stands, uh, Pedro, yeah, Pedro Morales, one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all times and one of the most underrated WWF champions of all time. The magnificent Morocco, oh my God. And of course, the, uh, the axis of evil, if you really want to go there, in the Grand Wizard, Captain Lou Albano and um, Classy Freddie Blassie. So, I mean, I'm going back to that era. I've seen the ups and downs. And for me, it's, once again, it's a case of I see people who won't, they say can't, bull, BS, bull squeaks, can't give AEW a fair shake, so to speak, or can't find positives in AEW, bull. That just don't work that way. If you can look past some of the crappy booking and storylines that WWFE has done, you can look past a lot of things. Hello, Katie Vick. Hello, May Young in the hand. Now, I do have an issue with the fact, basically, AEW started out blood, ended up blood this week on the broadcast. But the thing about it is, you also had probably one of the best uh, Texas Tornado tag team matches you will find, period, with the Lucha Brothers, Andrade and Roosh. But once again, you've got some people that won't even give that match any kind of credit for the brilliance that was involved in it because it didn't include the comic book stars of the WWE, which I use that term jokingly, and I do use it in a very you know laid-back manner. One of my favorite teams in the WWE, sorry, still the Usos. But once again, it comes down to the fact that there are people who just cannot come to any type of amicable, mutual agreement that both companies can do good things and both companies have their shortcomings. 
this one was brought to that tribalism was brought to a head for me earlier in the week as I was surfing Twitter. Oh my God, yes, an actual human on Twitter, and another one's here. Actually, all three of us are on Twitter. God help us all. When Stan Grubb laid out a question that a very good friend of mine, David J. Dogbuyer, also known as DJ Dog in Bama, what's up, brother? Um, put out some answers to. And Stan, I want you to throw that question out for everybody. Shane, I want you to hit this one first. Sure. So, I mean, when you look at wrestling as a whole, but not just wrestling, but just television, the question comes out of, you know, why is it that so many people just would rather look for flaws in what they're watching than to either change the channel or just enjoy what they enjoy? You know, why does it have to be a, hey, I'm, I'm going to make fun of this because it's just not what I like? Why don't you just find what you like? A little bit different than the way you laid it out on Twitter, but Shane, you get the general idea, right? Oh, I do. Care to tackle that one? Sir? And I think it, sure. I think it's uh, the lens in which we watch things now. More cynical as a population, as a country, as a nation, all around. Think of the way and what Stan's talking about. The way people talk about sports teams and athletes and commentators or television shows or movies or directors or casting choices or plot points. These are all things we didn't know about for the most part before the internet made the world a whole lot smaller. Um, I, you know, I, I think of certain TV shows and movies that I enjoy from the 60s, 70s, 80s, whatnot. You go back and watch them now, and unfortunately I'm just as guilty because of the way I've been. There's that word conditioned. I feel like we're talking about Pablo's dog here. Uh, to see certain things I ordinarily wouldn't pick up on. And I just think it's just been that way. What you read, what you hear, filter in, filter out. We all watch things and listen to things with a different lens than we might have 20, 25 years ago. And, and to Stan's point, I agree with that. Rather than take the time to watch and complain, watch and complain, watch and complain, find something you do like. Because that's what I did on Monday nights, man. I would come in from work and watch Monday Night Raw, fast forward through the commercials, some of the advertisements for three hours. And when I got so fed up, finally with the product, I watched other things. And um, I'll give a cheap plug for this. One of those being Better Call Saul, whose final episode airs tomorrow night on AMC. And I'm telling you, this, as good as Breaking Bad was, this prequel may have surpassed it. And that is no short order for Vince Gilligan in the game. See, that's the fun part in that particular regard, because as it stands for me, um, I've been huge about binge watching two different shows right now. In theory, more than two, but realistically, two. One, Bar Rescue. Because nobody on social media talks about that show. The other, NCIS. Oh, a lot of people talk about that show. And... But the thing about it is, the, 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 the talking points for a lot of the people that follow the message boards and the fandom wiki boards, they're all the same. Oh, it hadn't been the same since, the, uh, since Ziva left, or it, ne it never was the same when Ziva came in. Or Tony left, I'm disappointed, I'm, you know, it's, really? <laughs> 
oh, let's go ahead and bring up Last Man Standing when they've substituted two different daughters over the course of the of the series, and the uh, grandson, and what's her uh, Kristen's boyfriend, whatever. See, the same thing applies to the realm of WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, MLW, PWG. Um, I'm going to leave some. I am always have a tendency to leave some out. The point of reference is, and my home point is, you're either a wrestling fan or you're a fan of a particular company. Both are cool. But don't be one and try to pass yourself off as the other. You can be an AEW fan all day long, but you can't say that you're a pro wrestling fan if the only thing you talk up is AEW. You can't say you're a pro wrestling fan if the only thing you talk up is WWE or Impact or New Japan. If you focus on one company, then you're a fan of that company, not of the industry as a whole. Textbook example. We're heading into our favorite time of the year. Football. <laughs> Plain and simple. I'm Go Blazers, UAB, green and gold. Shane, of course. Auburn Tigers, orange and blue. And Stan, mm. I can never remember what team you fool for in the college ranks. Never been much of a college football fan. I guess anything out of Carolina. North Carolina, South Carolina, what? Uh, UNC, probably. Okay, Tar Heels. Okay. One of us could have said Western Kentucky, and we'd still ask, what the hell's a hilltopper? (laughs) It's an old school school UAB joke right there. Sorry, kids. And yes, I pulled for Alabama. Yes, I pulled for Auburn um, when they're not playing each other. I mean, it's like, be, me, be, I, me being in the position that I am, hey, look, when it comes time for the Iron Bowl, I want both Alabama and Auburn to be 11 and 0. Why? Because when they meet and they're both undefeated, may the best team win, that means people are going to be talking about my home state in a positive, positive light and not for some of the other stupid crap that happens here. And God help me, there's a lot. You know, Eddie, if I could, just to provide a little context more of on the on the question itself. So often we see wrestling shows as from our perspective, they could have done this different. They could have done that different. But nobody does that if they don't like an episode of 24 or if they don't like an episode of, you know. uh, Yeah. So, you know, I feel like professional wrestling is what it is. We already know what the situation is. We have the benefit because we have intimate knowledge of how certain things can go. Some of us have better knowledge than others. Like you guys have definitely a lot more than I do. But at the same time, the, the casual everyday fan doesn't. They have what everybody else has. The internet. They got Google. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got Meltzer. You got well, Sean Ross Sapp. You, you got, just said that word. Well, I, I'll give you a reason here in a second. You got the insider. You got Torch. For a much considerably lesser extent and less human extent, ringside news. But all these all these things have one thing in common, and that's that they are trying to generate content and interest. So when I see an editorial coming from any of them, I'm like, okay, I get it. That's their job. 
when I see an editorial coming from Joey Bunch of Numbers saying how so-and-so cut a promo and it didn't make any sense, when I know good and well that Joey Bunch of Numbers on Twitter has no idea what a promo even is, you know, I hate that I've become the wrestling fan that, that says it, but that person just needs to be quiet. If you don't like it, your remote control works really well. Here's the cool yep. thing. You can change a channel. You can turn on Netflix. You can turn the TV off. Or, oh my God, you could read a book. I know that's a challenge for some. I don't want to stress everybody <laughs> out. But the reality of this life is that I love wrestling. I will always love wrestling. But even I had to look myself in the mirror and go, you know what? I can't watch what WWE is doing right now because the knowledge of what the person Vince McMahon was doing and had done, the knowledge of what John Laronitis was doing and has done, made me physically sick to my stomach. Ditto. I will say that the support that I have for the performers ultimately overrides that and puts me in that position where I want to watch them, but it's difficult. So when I ask the question of, like, why can't people just enjoy what they enjoy, it really does come from the goalpost moving that gets done to AEW. It really does come from the, you know, the complaints like one guy, and this is why I brought the name up, said that the Young Bucks were literally dodging FTR. And for the defense of their argument, they said, well, obviously, if you had listened to Jim Cornette's podcast, you'd have heard what FTR had to say on the matter. And I thought about it, and I said, well, first off, the Bucks have never ducked anybody. They're in the same business FTR is. Secondly, and the person whom I mentioned once and won't mention twice. Thank the, you. The sheet writer that I mentioned um, brought up a point that said that the Bucks would and have put over FTR multiple times. That's true. And so I started to think about it, and I said, well, wait a minute. Let's, let's go back to this argument about if I had listened to Cornette's podcast. Cornette, Jim Cornette, the no single God. strongest purveyor of kayfabe in professional wrestling that I think anybody could ever describe. Would you guys agree? Bingo. I'm with you. And let's think about FTR for a second. The best tag team in professional wrestling today. And, hey, let's not forget that they have profoundly con confessed their love and dedication to this craft, to Kayfabe. So if they go on the Master of Kayfabe's podcast, they're going to, oh, I know, master that art and perpetuate the story of the Bucks are ducking us. Oh, but by the same token, remember, even Dax went on his personal Twitter account and basically told uh, Dipstick Dave to F off. Right. Lovingly and respectfully, of course, but he did say F off. <laughs> and even though, but even though he said that, we all know why he said it. Because he doesn't want anyone to think that anybody else is telling the story but them. See, and that's my issue with Dipstick Dave and some of the other narcissists that run sites. Yeah. I mean, you and I have had a quiet conversation, Stan, about an individual who love everybody loves to bring up by initials. I think it's safe to bring him out and to mention him by name because I think he's the kind of person that's accountable and, and accepts when he's wrong. 
Not really. I've watched his Twitter feed. I follow him on Twitter. I follow the other one who cries victim every five minutes when or, they're bullying me just because they disagree with him. So I don't really have that much for that particular site. Mm-hmm. And so therefore it's like, I'll mention their name off air, but I'm not going to get, but if you want to go, I mean, no, Shane, it's your, I, I, I will not. It's your show. <laughs> I mean, we've all had issues with idiots who write in the in, in wrestling media for a sure. long time yeah. because there are some who actually approach things from a linear logical perspective. But as Shane and I know better than anybody, better than a lot of people, even Larry Goodman gets it wrong from time to time, right, Shane? Absolutely. Only time to time. Actually, Larry's one of the more level-headed. It's like it's, it, it, but not everybody. Shoot, not gonna do it. Uh, by you the know, way, Rob, Rob, Rod, how you doing, buddy? I know you're listening. <laughs> you know what I love about about uh, Larry, though, he really doesn't try to pass it off as news. He is upfront and honest that hey, this is what I thought of this card, this match, this performer, yes. and and I dig that about him because he's honest. Yes. And if more were like him, I'd have less issue with it. It is a difficult what? thing to serve in part of the media, even if you're if all we do is editorialize. Go ahead, Shane. Sorry, I didn't mean to step Come on. Come on in, Shane. No, it, it's not just because I know Larry a little bit personally, but I've always yeah. said this to people who've written him. I'm like, if Larry Goodman comes to your show, your show is relevant. Larry Goodman yeah. lives in Norcross. Georgia, and that man over the last year and a half made a half dozen trips down to 627 Southern Avenue in Piedmont, Alabama, which is a two-hour drive for him for ProSouth because he was intrigued by the card and the setup. And so that's why I would tell some of the guys in the locker room, like, maybe you didn't like the review of your match or something that he said about you. But that's his opinion as stands. This guy gives a crap. He's not getting paid nope. by any promotion to come do this. And he's not getting paid by Georgia Wrestling History to do it. Larry does it because he's a fan and gets the coverage out there. And I'm just speaking from shows that I've been on that Larry helped give so much notoriety to because people do read what Larry Goodman puts out in volume. And Larry is normally very level-headed in, in his approach to um, critiquing match. I mean, my God, if I really had a dollar for every match Larry Goodman has watched, I could pay off my car note, your car note, Stan's car note. I could pay off, I could pay off my bar tab from the 1990s. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> Especially 92. We'll talk about that later. No, we won't. Um, but yeah, I mean, in case point scenario, you mentioned 627 Southern Avenue, um, Ace Haven and uh, Pro South Wrestling. First off, I really hate the fact that they lost their home. I know that there's multiple stories going on in, the, in that particular circumstance. All I know is. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That Pro South is now in the search for a new home. I wish them the absolute best. Look, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna squash a couple of things because I know good friends of mine also listen to this show. And the fact of the matter stands: when Ace Haven and I have a difference of opinion, we can pick up the phone and call each other and talk it out like rational, open-minded adults. Same thing with Amy and myself. I can't say that about a lot of people in this business. If Ace thinks or Ace hears that I've said something, he'll text me. It's like, dude, what's up? Call me. Is my response. Call me. If I said it, I'll admit it and I'll say why I said it. If I didn't say it, I damn sure want to know who did because I'm about to raise hell on somebody. But, you know, in this industry, you don't always find that. So I've made the comment about on social media uh, in recent days about a company tagging me as far as trying to promote their upcoming event in the Birmingham, Alabama area. Scoop on this one. The main reason why I had a problem with them, and this is something I put on, I put in my response. When a couple of your inner circle does nothing but trash talk me or bleep talk me, in public and behind the scenes, then I got an issue. If those situations hadn't occurred, sure, I'd let the tag stand. I'd help you advertise your event. Except for the fact that I don't like the way you do business. Especially with um, tryout matches. But that's a story for another time. The overall scenario is when a couple of your inner circle just starts running me down left and right, and it's like, you want me to go ahead and help you promote? Screw you. That ain't going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> you take that all the way <clears throat> to the dump. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Um, yeah, the overall scenario in play when it comes to so-called wrestling journalism, you've got people out there that actually have a clue as to what they're doing and how they're doing it, and you've got a bunch of narcissists running around who think that they are bigger than the story that they're breaking. And they're not helping matters any. I know I went off on a tangent and didn't say that's my side of the coin. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> I think with, with what you're looking at, it makes sense to point out, hey, look, there's a certain degree of humility that has to take place within the industry. And if it doesn't, then you're going to run into trouble. I, I feel like, and I, and I know what, what stories you're talking about. I feel like with what you've described, there have been some reports that put this guy in a situation where he got he got semi worked or scooped, but everybody gets worked. Everybody. Sooner and, or later. and it's it's okay. And that's okay. That's not a problem. But I think what people and, and Brian does this too, and it drives me nuts. He's like, well he needs to be held accountable. So I asked okay. him Wait, wait, wait. Said, for those who don't for those who don't know, elaborate fair point. Brian. Yeah. So Brian's our co-host, one of my co-hosts on Corner to Corner, Brian, Brian Taylor, Rob Hefner. They join me every Monday night. And 
Brian often will take, I feel like he, he is in agreement with you, Eddie. I feel like he is like, no, these guys need their feet held to the fire. When it comes down to it, they need to be held accountable. And while I agree about accountability, I also think that everything comes in moderation. For example, uh, the initials, <laughs> we'll just call it that, the initials. So the initials has had reported about the MJF situation, another set of initials. You'll like that, huh? Yeah. So he, he reports on the MJF situation and basically reports it as a shoe. Everybody says, oh, my God, can't believe it. It's and, and we all know the story. There's a plane booked. There's tickets bought. There's this. There's that. And then we get to Wednesday night after was it double or nothing. Yes, double or yeah. nothing. And we get to this day one of the best pipe bomb promos we've ever heard. <clears throat> However. Well, a promo like that doesn't just go off the rails and TV doesn't get cut. Microphones don't get cut if it's not supposed to be happening. We're not stupid. And even today's casual fan, they all are looking at it going, mm, yeah, something there, yeah, it doesn't jive. So immediately, yeah, immediately the Twitterverse pops on and says, uh, initials got worked. Well, he comes right out that very night and says, you know what? If I did, I did which I appreciate because that's not him ducking it. But what he what he does say is, look, if I did, then so did the insider, so did the torch, because these are all the same people that I communicated with and that certain people communicated with and got the same information. I felt that was lowbrow. I felt he didn't have to pull them in. I was okay with him up to that point where he said, look, if I got worked, okay, it happens. And I was okay with that because he acknowledged it. But after that, when you start pulling others in and go, well, it was them too. Nah, all right. That's right there where Brian would usually say, no, no, he needs to be held accountable. He has been. Trust me, being publicly ridiculed on Twitter is not a fun thing. And let me just also put out there that if you're a respected journalist, and he is, that doesn't help you. That doesn't help your situation, and it sure as hell isn't going to help him when he's at media scrums. Although I will say this, I think the media scrums, both WWE and AEW, is just a whole bunch of lip service to shut up the wrestling media. Oh yeah, I, I could. I think that the answers they give are so guarded outside of Tony Khan sticking up for CM Punk against Eric Bischoff. Um, I just, I mean, I appreciate it because it does give us another another opportunity to see a more legitimate response from performers and the promoter. It's also, to me. And I think I've learned this from you and from Shane and from from uh, Mr. DeVore and from uh, Diego. You know, everything's at work until it isn't. Tell you what, folks, we are going to head for one more quick break. When we come back, I'm going to turn the world over to our in-house trivia master. Ooh, ooh, can't wait. Shane, you think you got a couple ready for us? Oh, buddy, I have an entire useless trivia wheel packed with knowledge from the previous 10 weeks. Tell you what then, kids, hang tight. For those of you listening on replay, one click, even less than that. For those listening live, maybe four minutes. This is Beyond Ringside Live, and right now, a message from our good friends over at Calm Peak. Be right back. Let's get it together and do it again. Welcome back into Beyond Ringside Live Sunday night, live from the Beer Hog in Pelham, Alabama. Fast Eddie Lane over here, welcoming back in Stan Grubb. Uh, is it me or is it Memorex? Welcoming back in, of course, Shane Knowles. Man, I got some questions ready to rock and roll. 
Tell you what, I promise and we will deliver. Let's do this thing. Courtesy of our own in-house trivia master, the mastermind behind useless trivia, which should be trademarked by now, Shane Knowles. I don't have the music bed under us this week, but give us that championship round question. Well, I will look into college football since that is about to be on the horizon. Uh, this was near the latter portion of summer league play. Uh, how that useless trivia wheel works, I write out 12 different categories on the wheel. We get a representative from each team to come spin the wheel. Uh, spin the wheel, make the deal. Yes, I've used that tagline a couple of times. Whatever it lands on, we will do three questions from that particular subject, and then we'll do another spin. So it's really been wacky, unpredictable. Um, if you're good in one portion, get your point to move on. If you're bad at that particular round, it's only going to be three, and you move on to something else. But I say all that to get to college football. Here were the three college football questions. I'll just do those. These two universities are separated by 236 miles. They have the most Heisman Trophy winners, tied with seven apiece. What are those two universities? Stan, you want to jump on that one before I do? I have no earthly idea. USC and UCLA. <laughs> Jeez. That is incorrect. It is Notre Dame and Ohio State. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate both of them. <laughs> you mentioned them. You Ohio State on this show. I hate you. <laughs> Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Man, we're just, we're just going for broke with those who shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, close enough. Well, how about question two in college football? Even though they have won over 70% of the games they've ever played, which university has the most bowl game losses ever with 28 and counting? God. Purdue. <laughs> that is an incorrect. I'll give Sam Gravity. Florida State? That's a very good guess. And, and what makes this tricky is this team, by virtue of winning over 70% of the games they've ever played, they have the highest winning percentage ever in Division One football. But they have the most bowl game losses ever uh, coming off this current 2021 season, their all-time bowl record is 21 and 28. I'll give you one more guess. Mm. No idea. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not sure. I, Florida State was a pull as it was. <laughs> uh, it is the University of Michigan Wolverine. Ooh. Oh wow. I coach our ball. <laughs> And then our tough questions, as if those weren't tough, but the oh, final no question for college football. Question? Jesus. <laughs> to say, damn, Shane. <laughs> because Kyle Field, home to the University of Texas A&M, was an actual field from 1914 through 1927 when it became a concrete stadium, which university or which school in Division One has the oldest stadium? Built in 1913... It was known as Grant Field until 1988 when it was renamed. I know that one. Oh, God. Go for it, Stan. Uh, I will throw a little sidebar in here. 
They are one of four schools that does not have the word university in its official title. The other three are the service academies of Army, Navy, and Air Force. Virginia Tech? The latter portion of that is correct. Crap. It's not Georgia Tech, because that was Polytech. That is correct. Oh, crap. <laughs> Does he get it right, even though he said it's not? <laughs> I always like when someone says, it's not, it's always the right answer. <laughs> I, get more, I get more on accident than most people do on purpose. There you go. And Especially trivia. Yeah, Georgia Tech, uh, now known as Bobby Dodd Stadium, Stadium renamed yeah. in honor of their legendary coach since 1988, was Grant Field from 1913 until 1988. So it is the oldest stadium, per se, because Kyle Field, home to Texas Stadium, was a, a legit, just a field for the first right. 13 years. Yeah, and the, 12th person, uh, the 13th person was the governor. <laughs> but keeping with the theme of, of what we do here, I will go to the three pro wrestling questions that were on the wheel, if you like. Go for it. Who was the first pro wrestler to have a soft drink in their honor? This is available at Rocket Fizz, physical brick-and-mortar location, as well as several places online. The name of the drink is All Out of Gum. Freddie Piper. That is correct. Yep. From his movie, They Live. Yep, it's still a good movie, too, by the way. Great film. That movie does not um, in any capacity. Here's your wild one. <laughs> Who were the final WCW tag team champions before the acquisition from WWE? Daisy and O'Hare. Correct. And now for your final wrestling question. In 1976, the late, great, classy Freddie Blassie cut a novelty tune that was played on Dr. Demento's radio program. It was big in the markets of New York and Los Angeles, where he was a viable star. What is the name of that tune, which is a derogatory term he used to describe wrestling fans? Stan, I'll give you one chance, because I know this one. Pencil neck geek. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> yes, sir. I'm going to call that one a tie. Because <laughs> I was saying my name to throw it in my direction on that one. So it's like, you know, I just, <laughs> we'll, we'll come out one and a half each on that round. I got to get well, like and I'll throw a half point because I didn't know any of the college questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll do a tiebreaker since you're tied. No one got any of the college football. You're tied on pro wrestling. Oh, we'll go to this week's deal. football question. Wait, well, you said it's not. Oh, how often do I actually say it is? <laughs> you used a pencil net geek reference on Grant Field. Tell you what, for everybody looking at me funny tonight, I'm going to bring speakers down here next week at the Beer Hog. That way <laughs> everybody can hear everything we're doing, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we so go any further, for everybody catching us on replay and everybody catching us live, Next Sunday, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, Beyond Ringside will be live from the Beer Hog in Pelham, Alabama on Pelham Parkway. Come join the party when we're wrapped with regulation. I'll keep the party going and turn microphones to everybody who shows up who wants to ask a question or throw a comment out there. How's that one for you? Shane, go for it. 
So the football question, which I, I was really excited to do this one based off the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, the new inductees uh, last week. Of course, the Las Vegas Raiders defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars in the Hall of Fame game. That's irrelevant. But we're looking at legendary coach Marv Levy was enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, making him one of three individuals to have this distinction. They are members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. One, now Marv Levy, a coach for the Buffalo Bills in Pro Football and the Montreal Alouettes in the Canadian Football League. The other legendary coach, Bud Grant, he of the Minnesota Vikings in Pro Football and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the Canadian Football League. Bud Grant, Marv Levy, both doing it as coaches, who is the only player that is in both the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Canadian Football Hall of Fame? And I hope I get a groan from you, just like I said to teams before they started thinking, it's not Doug Flutie. Oh, boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> okay. yeah. I'm getting the sound bites back next week. I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> and no, it's not Wayne Gretzky either. <laughs> Wrong sport. <laughs> It, it is a person who did it as a quarterback. Uh, I got a feeling I should know this, and I'm going to go ahead and bow out and say I have no damn clue. Well, I will throw out the Canadian part first. Uh, it may not help. Was a quarterback for the Edmonton Eskimos for six seasons in the Canadian. Coming over to the National Football League in the early 80s. Um... Bernie Kosar? You are in the right time frame. Ooh. Really? Show wasn't Ryan Leaf. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> you are <laughs> No. <laughs> I know I'm way off on that. I just figured I'd take that shot. <laughs> now, Sam was really in that ballpark of that era of quarterbacks. Yeah, because, okay, Bernie Kosar originally a quarterback at the University of Miami, moved up to the Cleveland Browns. Um, from there, God. Uh, no idea Kurt on my Warner? side. Well, the, Kurt Warner. <laughs> there were a couple of there were a couple of teams who went uh, Steve Young and Benny Testaverde because they knew they played somewhere before the NFL, and that was of course the original USFL. So I liked their thinking, but only one team got this right. Uh, no, not Kurt Warner. Um, he was more synonymous with this with a franchise I'm not going to name, but he also played for the Vikings and the Chiefs as well. Dante Culpepper? Oh. Man, we're getting close. Oh, crap. <laughs> that was an accident on my part. Um, go ahead and give us... Uh, oh, oh, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Stan. Warren Moon? Correct. Get no, wait, out of you here. You never said a word about Texas. <laughs> Warren, I didn't say the Houston Oilers with good reason, but yes, and the Vikings and Chiefs. Warren Moon, Bud Grant, and now Marv Levy the only three individuals with that distinction enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Nice. That Would is not have got cool. Nicely played. Coming back into the world um, of wrestling. Hey, go ahead. Well, well I'm going to hijack for a second because we were talking about this off-air. I just mentioned something football. I want to get your thoughts and you can make it quick. We were talking off-air about quarterbacks moving to different locations. I want to get you guys' opinions on this because I'll tell you mine. 
I won't say Super Bowl, but because of our neck of the woods and Eddie's ears is going to perk up on this, Matt Ryan is no longer under center for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I know. I personally think that the Indianapolis Colts, that team is going to win the AFC South and possibly win a playoff game. Much like when Phillip Rivers left the Chargers and got to the Colts, I think it's the best team Matt Ryan's been a part of, and people can at me on that. Jonathan Taylor may be the best running back right now, and that defense is nasty with Stephon Gilmore. Well, don't call him Darius anymore. Shaquille Leonard and Quentin Nelson. What do you think? You think Matt Ryan does not have a hardy season in Indianapolis? I mean, the reason I say that, I think it's basically a two-team division. The Texans and Jaguars, you can pretty much write them off and win the division. It's Colts and Titans from day one. Yeah, I won't, even give, I won't even give the Titans that much credit right now because of all the miscues they've had as far as wheeling and dealing in the offseason. Um, when they got, when they decided to go ahead and let um, my QB leave, and I don't see that much happening with Malik. And from there, you lost, um, you lost A.J. Brown, and his replacement was gassed in the first quarter of spring training. Um, you mm-hmm. lose, you decide to deal off Julio, without having a good backup plan in that particular regard, Derrick Henry cannot run the damn ball every down of every game. So for me, it's it's plain and simple on this one. The Titans have lost a step. If if they come anywhere close to um, getting back to the playoffs this year, I would be mortally surprised. Shane? Saying your thoughts on the 2022 Indianapolis Colts, chances of winning the division playoffs. Uh, I mean, I feel like he is coming in at a time where with the proper guy at the helm, it can definitely be a good season for him. I think you're not necessarily off base and saying he could make the playoffs. I don't know if he wins the division. I certainly don't know if he would get to the Super Bowl. But if Matt Ryan can transition from what he did in Atlanta to what he what he can do in Indy, it's a very real possibility. I like Matt Ryan. I, I do really too. do. But I just don't see it happening at this exact moment. I know the window for Matt is closing. I don't think it's slammed shut. But I think that there needs to be a couple of other moves, especially on that front line, to give him time to do what he does best. That's yeah. been my issue with the Falcons. Because the Falcons can put all of the other weapons in place, but not give Ryan a good line to where he can actually have time to do what he needs to do. And sometimes, well, go ahead. I always criticized Atlanta for the lack of running game. And I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be the best running back he's ever lined up with under center. And fun fact for our listeners, for the criticism of Matt Ryan, of his 14 years under center with the Atlanta Falcons, only twice in his career did he have a top 15 defense. That one year, they hosted the NFC title game against the 49ers. The other year, they had the 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Last year, the Colts were ninth in total defense. So, I mean, I'm just saying the recipe might be there for a run. So, are you saying that Matt Ryan could be another Matt who goes to another team with a possibly better overall staff and do something with it? Eddie, I could hug you for catching my entire segue of why I'm bringing this up because I wasn't going to let you off the hook for what we talked about off air by bringing up a quarterback who switched places, a quarterback by the name with the first name of Matt switching places. Thank you for catching up. 
I have never said that I am the sharpest light bulb in the dishwasher. So, okay. Um, everybody a chance to catch up on that one. Look, I have been very vocal about why I thought Matthew Stafford was overpaid. And then lo and behold, and yes, I know we've had a couple of shows since the Super Bowl, not that many, but a couple, to where I've had a chance to go ahead and eat my words. So I said it before, I'll say it again, hats off, congratulations on finally fulfilling your potential and not end up being Jared Goff. Um, another Georgia quarterback who just didn't quite cut it. Well, guess what? This one did. And I'm pretty sure that the uh, Georgia Bulldog faithful and alumni are sitting back going, ha, we told you. Like, look, till we. And I, I think that's what's funny for the speculative what ifs. You're, I mean, of course, Brady had already won several in New England, but your last two Super Bowls have been won by quarterbacks who switched teams that previous season. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So that wild card factor not just goes to the wild card game, but also goes to the overall personnel situations which I'm perfectly cool with. And like I said, hey, look, I don't know what this year is going to hold um, in college or in pro, but by the same token, I think it's going to be an interesting ride, and I'm looking forward to every single second of it. College football in the uh, state of Alabama, high school football's already kicked off in some areas. The rest of the, of the state's going to catch up this coming week and probably the week after that, So, or maybe just this week. And as far as college goes, we're only a few weeks away from that one. Um I will simply sit back and say it's going to be very, very, very intriguing to see how everything works out in all three levels. Um, and by the way, before I go any further, let me go ahead and do this one to my Birmingham Stallions. Woo-hoo. Yes. <laughs> we haven't had a show since they, A, started the season and B, won the championship. Um, I had an opportunity to go to about three of the games this year. And I actually stayed for, it's like when the Stallions had an early game, I actually stayed for the second game. Or when the uh, they had the late game, I got there early and caught the first game. Um, the USFL has done a good job this year. I have no qualm with everything that they did to try to promote the league and promote the players. Um, also from there, uh, my Birmingham Stallions have had a couple of people picked up through um, different NFL franchises. Uh, of course, Victor Bolden being the one that really pops into my head. I hate losing Bolden, damn it. But, you know, <laughs> no, I really hated losing him especially. But I'm, we've got the potential in the USFL, um, you know, for as much as Dwayne wants to go, hey, the XFL's on the way. Guess what? Who cares? <laughs> Birmingham's got a USFL franchise. I'm perfectly happy. I'm not that worried about anything else right now. But the Stallions put together a great season, uh, protective stadium. Folks, in the southeastern U.S., if you have not made it to a game or an event at protective stadium yet, trust me. There, I started this hashtag, and it's called a party at protective or a party at protective, um, and it lives up to the hype. So when you get a chance to go to an event there, yeah, okay, fine. It seats 45,000 people. Who cares? 55 if it's Garth Brooks performing a concert, but which I wasn't there for. <clears throat> but realistically, Protective is a damn good facility. They did a great job with this one. I, I mean, I have nothing to complain about. And you know me, if I found something that I could tear something down about or I could be brutally honest about, I would. Other than the fact of paying $6 for 
a Coca-Cola 20 ounce. That's the only complaint that I have about that venue. Thank you, BJCC. But yeah, I'm and considering what they've said, the USFL returns for season two in 2023. I'm all in on that one. So, you know, hey, it's going to be a good all the way across the board. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. And you never know. You never know. Saturday mornings aren't just owned by one company. We've proven that before. They just have to prove it again, right, Shane? Absolutely. <laughs> but I believe you perked up when I talked about the Stallions and the USFL for a hot second. Come on in, sir. Well, I did, and congrats to them. It's really cool. I thought Birmingham, anything that's been away from the National Football League, they've had a team, whether it be the Birmingham Fire yep. uh, in the uh, World League, whether it be the Thunderbolts of the first incarnation of the XFL, XFL. and now the Stallions. And I think, you know, I think you see it. Birmingham's a market, and it still baffles me that an NFL team hasn't come there. I, I wouldn't start with MLB. I wouldn't go hockey. I wouldn't go the NBA. Alabama, the state of Alabama is football for an And I get so tickled. I find it so funny when people say, I'm not sure that Alabama will support a pro team because you know there's Alabama and Auburn the day before. I'm like, do you know how many people go to Georgia, Georgia Tech games the day before and or go to a Falcon game Sunday or in the state of Texas with Texas, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, TCU, and they're still packed for Cowboys and Texans game? I think that argument is so tired and not valid. Well, okay, Birmingham and the central Alabama area does not have even one-fifth of the population of the Atlanta metropolitan area. So, I mean, for those who would be, if you've got like 11 million people in Metro Atlanta and maybe 2 million in Central Alabama, there, there's a big difference there. Um, would people make a road trip to Birmingham, Alabama to catch a pure NFL team? Possibly. Depends on who the other I team think, is. Go ahead. Thank you. I was going to say to catch other teams and other players you want to see, and I compare it. To the Atlanta Braves. I don't know how many people from Atlanta go to a Braves game. It's so many people in the state of Alabama, the rest of the state of Georgia, and upwards of Tennessee and North Carolina that I always see and talk to at Braves. I mean, not all not all of us can be Stan, who has every franchise possible within two hours driving time. Oh no, you don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. My team, my baseball team, decided we're just going to get rid of all of our top talents. We're going to take <laughs> Trey Turner, Max Scherzer. We're going to let Ryan Zimmerman retire. Juan Soto. Let's send him to the West Coast. We don't keep talent in our baseball team and football team. Carolina can't figure out if they want one or five quarterbacks. Let's yeah, be no. real. Washington, Washington, the Commanders, for crying out loud, tried to adapt. Hail to the Redskins. To hail to the Commanders. If you haven't heard this horrible rendition of a fight song, you can find it. I believe it's on YouTube. Um, oh, and oh, by the way, the Wizards, which is the stupidest name for a team in any pro sport. Because the bullets encourage violence, but the, nobody stopped for a moment to think that the Wizards might, you know, support white supremacists. Oh, wow. Hmm? You know, I'm not an idiot. I, I kind of know what these things can lead to. I'm just saying. Party foul. Well, I mean, come on. Let's be real. It, somebody should have said to him, um, we probably don't want to use that name. 
It's not no, it's the Washington Wizards, i.e. Magic, not the Washington Grand Wizards. Right, right, right. Yeah. Have you seen never mind, not going in. <laughs> well, I will say this. The Washington Commanders, when they kick off the twenty twenty two season, I would love to see the kicker have the finger in the air, the whole rest of the kicking team ready to go, and the crowd is going Cobra as the commanders kick it off. <laughs> oh <That> no. <nice>. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in for that one. That's funny. I mean, that'd be worth the drive. <laughs> kind of like the drive that I missed a week. Kind of like the drive I missed a couple of weeks ago because I ended up working when Shane was up in North Carolina at the gathering. <laughs> That's a segue. Dude. All right, wait, you know, and I was telling Sam this, Eddie. I can't believe the last two weekends I didn't make a beach trip or a mountain trip this year, but I did go to Flair's last match in Nashville, and the following weekend the gathering, the annual convention, and. Hats off again to Martin T. Mark D'Amato. It is one of the easiest navigating, friendly, personable, fan-friendly conventions. Probably the best I've ever been to. Those guys really do a rock-solid job yeah. of answering questions, making it easy for you. And uh, highlights of the weekend for me, since you brought it up, uh, the Paul Roma Q&A session. I don't know if that's going to be available online, but, man, that guy is magic. I, I mean, I never saw him do a ton of promos. He's a very well-spoken talker. I mean, Stan was talking about him having a podcast as well, but lots of good stories. The uh, Jerry Jarrett and Jeff Jarrett uh, Q&A was also very, very solid. It was really cool to see 86-year-old Eddie Sharkey. This man has trained so many notable people in the wrestling business. Uh, Yeah, but you, you know what? And This was for me. I really went to go meet Bret Hart. He could not have been nicer. But what I thought was cool uh, when Brett got done with his photo ops and walked into that main ballroom, and I know Stan's been in that ballroom there uh, at the Hilton, the line for Brett Hart's autograph around throughout the room, but Brett stopped and talked to Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Brawler, and Barry Horowitz for a good five minutes. And I knew that went, went in tune with some comments he had made on social media a couple months ago about thanking those enhancement talent, that if they weren't as good as they were and didn't make us is look as good as we were, we would not have been the stars we were. See, that's something that I do have to sit back and um, I, I, I concur wholeheartedly as someone who lived in the southeastern U.S., and someone who actually went to a couple of the Techwood tapings um, and worked a couple of them, technically speaking. Um, there's a mask involved. Get off me. And you talk about so many of the stars who were made during the 605 era in NWA, WCW. And I mean, I'm building to this one for a good reason. There are those who accepted the responsibility. And now we look back at it as the privilege of helping to build stars. If you put two top five talents in the ring every week, one of those is going to suffer eventually. And people are going to wonder, well, how the hell are they still in top five? But if you have someone who is designated by the booking committee, booker, whatever, as someone who's going to help get somebody over, someone who's going to help build that talent, unless, of course, you're taking on the Road Warriors, then you have no damn choice whatsoever, unless you're Bill Tapper. Talk about that later. So, yeah, for those in every area during days gone by, and even in today's era, 
when you have that opportunity, you're going to get your exposure. But yeah, you're going to help build the next generation. You're going to help build the current superstars to another level. That's a whole different ball game. I've played that game. And I look back on some of the stuff that I've done in the late 80s, and I'm perfectly cool with it because I did my part. I did what was asked of me. And from there to watch some of the others who have flourished and blossomed over the years and gone to that next level, it's cool as hell. And you can't help but sit back and smile outwardly and inwardly on that one. Sorry, didn't mean to hijack that, but... (laughs) Oh, no, and I got to say, I hope you find it as funny as I did. It might be just having been there in the moment. Uh, on the wrestling portion, it was Kerry Morton and Ricky Morton versus uh, George South and his son, George Jr. George comes out and cuts a heel promo for about five minutes, and I really felt like I was back in between 1977 and 1986, where he went for like five minutes on the fans about their weight, how they look, and then he concluded it, and this made me laugh so hard. He said, the worst part of this three-day convention has been all these snot-nosed kids that have come up and messed up my gimmick table. That's right. Mask, trading cards, figures, strode all over the place, and I have to rearrange several times daily, and none of you cheap parents bought anything to boot. Oh, it was great. <laughs> Funny. That was gold. That was, that, that's gold. Because it made me think George South, another one of those guys, made a lot of people, helped make a lot of people, man. Exactly. Folks, we're going to head for the Radio Ranch in this particular regard on this weekend's edition of Beyond Ringside Live. But before we do, you know, as every good, and since we're at the Beer Hog, it adds that much more when I say these two words. And I'm going to go around in reverse order, technically speaking. Stan Grubb, last call. It's been a exciting and busy past month. I can't wait to see what happens next. Tune in tomorrow night for C2C Radio as we talk about it. Define, t- define tomorrow and define where. <laughs> yeah, Monday nights, 8.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. C2CRadioShow.com. We broadcast from Podbean and through Acast. So just get to the site. You'll be able to catch up to us. There's a chat room there. You can always send us a message on Twitterbot, too. At C2C Radio. Shane Knowles, last call. Man, uh, this happened... Uh, two weeks ago today, but I just got to mention it and I'll try to go quick on it. Uh, we lost Bill Russell. Uh, and that's not just a great loss in the sports world, not a great loss in the basketball world, but a great loss as a human being, a man in this world. Uh, tremendous competitor, the greatest winner ever in American team sports with 11 championships in 13 years. And the last two of those were as a player coach. Let that set in, kids, if you didn't know that. The first African-American man to ever be a coach in any North American sport. And he did it while he was actively playing and won championships. Um, I think people get so lost on analytics and numbers. Certainly, you know, fantasy sports has done that. A stat that the great Bob Ryan of the Boston Globe threw out there. He said, if you want to talk stats with Bill Russell, there's only one that matters. Because he would tell you the only stat that mattered was the final score on the scoreboard. We talk about win or go home situations in sports. 21 times in Bill Russell's career, he faced a win or go home situation in the NCAA tournament in college, in the Olympics, and in the National Basketball Association. His record in those 21 games, 21 and 0. That's it. 
that's it. It's over. I mean, as far as the greatest winner ever, but you know, he won the medal of freedom, <laughs> which is the highest honor that a citizen can get. And I just think about what Charles Barkley said, you know, this isn't just a great loss for sport. This is a great loss in the world because when your actions match your words, yep. you are a true hero and he was mine. And I was glad to see urban magic Johnson really lead the charge and Adam Silver, the NBA, announced it this week. The NBA will retire the number six for Bill Russell, much like Major League Baseball did the number 42 in honor of Jackie Robinson. And coming up this year, not only will players from every team wear a commemorative uh, number six on their jerseys, but there will be special logos and murals on all the courts across the association. Uh, Bill Russell is my father's favorite player. So I certainly knew about Bill Russell in school long before my teammates did, when things got more popular uh, to talk about him. But I could tell Bill Russell stories for days, but I think it's worth checking out, Googling articles about this man, what he endured. And I think his greatest thing to me, and I'm not trying to catch any heat off this, he never threatened to leave the country. This man endured <laughs> things that no athlete, and that's what Michael Wilbon said, there's no athlete in American sports that had to endure what Bill Russell went through. And rather than whining and crying or threatening to go, he worked to the very last day of his life to bring peace and work together. A good yep. lesson for that, man. Very true, my friend. And for the record, I genuinely do not believe that any current player, period, should be able to be grandfathered in on that number six. I know where you're going with that. <laughs> there should be no exceptions. First off, before I go any further, thank you to everybody who caught us live tonight. Thank you to everybody who is catching us on replay. It is an honor to be back. I made the statement when we first started that it was going to be a case of <clears throat> working out the kinks, so to speak, because it's been a while. Business got in the way. Real life got in the way. Everything else got in the way. And I finally arrived at a point to where I could sit back and say, you know something? Let's kick the bitch in the ass and just go have a little fun. And that's what this thing is all, is all about, plain and simple. If you are in the central Alabama era, area, next Sunday night, August 21, come drop in and say hi over at the Beer Hog in Pelham on Pelham Parkway. We will be going live at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. Drop by. 64 crafts on the big board and a full bar. And a pretty damn good menu. Um, I'm going to go into the shameless plug side. And I know Shane, you, matter of fact, before I do, Shane, I know you got to get yours in. Go ahead and give us full shameless plugs, please. Uh, sure. Uh, Back 40, useless trivia, Thursdays at 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Uh, it's a two-hour game from 7 <laughs> to 9 Central, 8 to 10 Eastern. We are just back to regular plain Jane assorted random trivia with fall league beginning September the 8th through November the 10th. Uh, it's a great chance to come out here and you know get a chance to spin the useless trivia wheel. I tell the teams, you guys control the category because six will be picked, six will not be picked. The ones that are not picked roll over to the next week with six new ones to come in and take their place. And it was really funny, pro wrestling, which I gave you guys the questions for earlier, that category sat on the wheel for a month and yeah. never got spun up. <laughs> and people were just dying for pro wrestling to finally get chosen. It did on the final night, championship night. So. A lot of fun. It's all inclusive. Uh, and you never know what you might know. 
So come eat, drink, and think with us. And Shane, where, where can everybody find you on social? Well, if you bother to look, Shane Knowles, that is N-O-L-E-F, on Facebook, as well as Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Shane Knowles at gmail.com. By the way, put this little plug out here, because for some reason, it has blown off in the last three weeks. If you are a wrestling promotion and you need a wrestling ring, or you need security guardrails, or you need a PA system, you need a ring announcer, you need a wrestler, you need a referee, Shane Knowles at gmail.com can handle all your needs. Stan, did you throw out social media? Uh, I'll do it again. Not a big deal. You can catch up with me at Stan Grubb on the Twitter bot. Catch up with the show at C2C Radio Show. And, uh, hey, every Monday night at C2C Radio Show from 8.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Catch you boys, Stan, Rob, and Brian, as we sit there and give you the three grumpy old men that talk about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to run this real quick. Monday night, 6 p.m. Central Time. Join me right back here at the Beer Hog. Monday night karaoke kicks off. Once again, going to about 9, maybe a little bit later. Depends on um, a number of independent variables. And yes, I'm not going to use algebra. Leave me alone. Tuesday nights, Steel Gastropub, 2808 7th Avenue South in Birmingham, Lakeview District, Southside. Um, 7.30 p.m. start and going all the way till about maybe 11.30, maybe midnight. You just never know. And, of course, uh, let's see. This Thursday, I'm off at the following Thursday, the 25th, back at Bad Pies in Fultondale, Alabama. That's a 7 p.m. start time. Thank you to all of the venues that give me the opportunity to cut up, goof off, have a little bit of fun, and help make an honest day's living. Folks, at Beyond Ringside on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Beyond Ringside, Facebook.com slash Beyond Ringside, and Beyond Ringside Live. Do the math. BeyondRingside.com is home, as well as ProWrestlingRadio.net. You can find us on, uh, let's see, Potomatic, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora. More ways to find us than I've got active brain cells. And I will have all of the different um, methodologies posted um, on the Facebook sites, as well as um, the dot-coms. From there... Call it a broadcast day. Thanks for hanging with us. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Until next Sunday night, August 21, for Shane Knowles. It was good to be back in the saddle again. For Stan Grubb. Maybe they'll bring Enzo and Cass back. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing? We're Joey Triviani from Friends. How you doing? <laughs> I am the Magic City Motor Mouth, Fast Study Lane, saying adios, dos padania, hasta luego, off leaders, ain't chow, say anada, adu, adividuchi, farewell, I'm a senior, art, And until we meet again, aloha means bye-bye. Join us right here next time as we all go beyond ringside. Bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 